If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, another day of impeachment. Impeachment proceedings in the history books. Going to talk about that a little bit today as the program unfolds. Welcome, thanks for joining us. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show, should you want to... Watch the show uh, live or uh, on demand. Get to figure out why I say I've got a face for radio back here. But it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us. And I want to start today. I want to start today by talking about this. Um, I want to start today by talking about an article that I, an analysis, excuse me, an analysis at CNN, CNN Politics. Stephen Collinson, I like Stephen Collinson's pieces. They usually make me chuckle. The analysis usually makes me think, how on earth can someone get to this point? I mean, I understand politically and the motivations and so forth, but just with, with I don't know, academic integrity, if you will, intellectual, uh, just having a methodical approach that's unbiased and reasonable, rational, We've gotten to the point, and I shared this clip with uh, from Alan Dershowitz, I think earlier, earlier in the week, and I think it's actually on our Facebook page. If you want to scroll back and hear the entire interview when he was on uh, some podcast, uh, the Cats Report or something, I forget the entire name of the of the show, but he was uh, being interviewed on there, and he said, "Americans, no matter where you're from, whether you're from the East Coast." In the liberal elitist locations around this country, if you're in the Midwest, the heartland, which is where we're based here in central Indiana, but no matter where you are, you should be terrified about what's going on, no matter what your political affiliation, whether you're Democrat, whether you're Republican, no matter what, you should be concerned. You should be terrified, I think is the words that Alan Dershowitz used. He said that the Democrats are making up crimes, and he goes back and talks about uh, initially this this concept of collusion, and on and on this goes. And uh, what was obstruction of of Congress? I think was was one of these. This is called politics. You know, the if you listen to the entire interview, you'll you'll hear him say that just because the executive branch disagrees with Congress doesn't mean that there's something unconstitutional happening there. It just simply means 
that there's a disagreement. If, and if the executive branch, which, by the way, is the branch led by the president of the United States, despite the uh, anger, rage, resentment that those on the left hold, that is currently occupied, that office is currently occupied by one Donald J. Trump. And as I utter those words, I believe I hear screaming at the universe in the background coming through my headset. This is the kind of responses that we get from some of the unhinged radical leftists. And so the president controls the executive branch, and if they want to claim something has executive privilege, they can do that. It doesn't mean that everything does, but it also doesn't mean that Congress rules the president. Likewise, Congress, excuse me, the president doesn't rule the Congress, nor does the Supreme Court rule the president or the Congress and vice versa. These are three separate but equal branches of government. I wish more people would understand that the founders, the framers put this together, this kind of intricate workings between the three branches, methodically and deliberately, right? And there would be disputes and disagreements. There can be abuses of power. Sometimes there can be legitimate disagreements as to where exactly the line stands. But Claiming something has executive privilege is not in and of itself some violation of law, and the president is not under the control of Congress. There are times when Congress controls things that affect the presidency. There are times the presidency affects the things that – or controls the things that affect the Congress and vice versa. This is what the separate but equal powers. This is what it means, separate but equal balance of powers – division of powers, all that sort of thing. But the way this is being presented today is that things that were, I guess, commonplace, accepted practices, standard types of diplomacy, dealings with foreign countries, these things are now, um, well, if not criminalized, at least considered corrupt. And that's kind of what this piece by Stephen Collinson at CNN Politics, CNN.com, headline, Democrats hope latest Trump witness will detail Trump's abuse of power. Of course, today, Friday, uh, there will be a, a, a televised impeachment hearing with uh, the U.S. ambassador to the Ukraine that the president ousted. This is reading from the piece of uh, Stephen Collinson's piece. Ousted for apparently thwarting his rogue, his rogue foreign policy scheme may prove him Right. President Trump's uh, – the, the first sentence is Donald Trump called Marie Yovanovitch. That's the U.S. ambassador that Trump uh, got rid of. He called her bad news. And they're saying – Collinson's saying here that her testimony may may prove him right. Demo Democrats called for the Foreign Service veterans' testimony to lift the lid on what they say is a black diplomatic operation set up to push Trump's political goals rather than America's interest and to churn up dirt – on former Vice President Joe Biden. Now, I don't want to read much more of this now, but there's a couple of things here in this in this paragraph, in this sentence. That's one sentence. That's a long sentence, Stephen. Democrats called for the Foreign Service veterans' testimony to lift the lid on what they say is a black diplomatic operation set up to push Trump's political goals rather than America's interest and to churn up dirt on former Vice President Joe Biden. Whew. It's a mouthful. Anyway, so first of all, it's a black diplomatic operation. It's a black op, right? This is something that 
is uh, meant to be hidden, and it's hidden because it is corrupt and illegal. That's the that's the insinuation, if not the outright allegation, accusation here. And so I just wanted to mention here because they say they say it's a black op. <laughs> they say it's a black op. I mean, my goodness to push Trump's political goals rather than America's interests. Now, this gets a little fuzzy, as they want these things to be. They want to be able to say words and phrases. They want to be able to say black op. They want to say, uh, you know, pushing Trump's political goals rather than America's interests, because foreign policy should be in the interest of America. But may I remind the Stephen Collison here, may I remind those at CNN, may I remind other leftist commentators that though they may not like it, though they may not like it, when a president is elected and he or she becomes head of the executive branch of government, he or she is in control ultimately of our foreign policy and how, and, and, and these these dealings with with other nations. Now, the Senate can get involved on things like treaties. Of course, unfortunately, in many instances, the Senate has kicked the can down the road, looked no further than the Iran nuclear deal, how they basically said what Obama is going to do with Iran will not be viewed as a treaty by this body. And they let Obama negotiate whatever he wanted, which is why we got the stupid Iranian deal. But the thing is, Politics, we we have two competing, at least two. There's multiple. There's probably more than this. But for, for the sake of simplicity, we have two competing worldviews here. We have a radical leftist socialist worldview, and we have a limited government conservative, uh, maybe sometimes held by Republican worldview. And these things are diametrically opposed. And so, of course, there's going – you cannot separate – the political uh, agenda of a candidate from how they handle their foreign policy. Look no further than what Obama did with Iran, right? Look no further than what Clinton, Bill Clinton, did with North Korea. By the way, Clinton's out there giving Trump advice on how to handle impeachment. Bill Clinton, not Hillary. Hillary's out there being asked by many, 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 many people, many people to run for president, so she tells us. <laughs> I tell you, I don't, I don't imagine that there's one. Maybe there's a couple, a couple that have drank the, the Clinton Kool-Aid. But anyway, Trump, Bill Clinton's out there giving Trump advice on how to handle this impeachment inquiry. But So but we got Bill Clinton back in the 90s negotiating this stupid North Korean nuclear deal, which, by the way, fell flat on its face, which, by the way— drew the applause of all those in the diplomatic community. Oh, this was ingenious. Oh, this was going to create all sorts of utopia on planet Earth. And at the end of the day, what did he get? He got a signed piece of paper and a pinky promise from a rogue dictator. That's what he got. That's what he got. And so this politician, Bill Clinton, sought the headline, sought the legacy that says Bill Clinton negotiated the end of a nuclear North Korea because of his signed piece of paper and a pinky promise, Bill Clinton creates a better planet Earth, a utopia, if you will, <clears throat> by showing his negotiating prowess. Was that not motivated by 
politics. I've got other stories here. You don't have to look very far, and I've got to take a break here quickly. But there's other stories. In fact, we'll talk about these after the break. I don't want to get into these. There's one, two, three, maybe three three other examples, even of, of current senators and current presidential candidates on the Democrat side stating instances that they would withhold foreign aid from other countries. Now, that's not supposed to be a problem or anything that we would be concerned with. It's just if Trump does it. And the only explanation they can see for this is that they want he wants to hurt his political opponent, Joe Biden. It can't be that there's corruption in countries that we're dealing with. We're giving them lots of money. It can't be anything of the sort. It can't be anything that, that comes from a, a good place. It can't be anything that just wants to see justice done. What about that? I haven't heard the word justice in this entire thing. I haven't heard the word truth in this entire thing. I mean, this is presented as something that says whatever we can get away with to impeach President Trump, we're, we're willing to say. It's just everything's measured in the media. Everything they talk about is whether or not uh, whether or not the American people have been convinced enough to say, yes, we're going to impeach. Yes, let's go ahead and impeach President Trump. That's it. Anyway, I've got to take a time out. When we get back, I'm going to share some other examples, some other examples of when, say, Biden's going to withhold aid or my cousin Liz, if they're president, God forbid, withholding aid, senators wanting to withhold aid from Ukraine. Doesn't matter. The only time it's a black op is when President Trump does it. So I've got to take a time out. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So I don't know, Stephen. Collinson, CNN, Stephen Collinson writing this piece here, um, talking about, well, anticipating this testimony from Marie Yovanovitch, former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, that Trump ousted, I tell you, ousted, kicked her out because she, my friends, she was trying to hold everything together. She was trying to do what Nikki Haley says Nikki, uh, Nikki Haley says that uh, Rex Tillerson and um, others in the White House were trying to do. Chief of Staff John Kelly was the other that she mentioned in her book. They told her basically that they were trying to do whatever they had to do to hold this country together because Trump had no idea. Trump's a wild man, maniac, has no idea what he's doing. And so these lifelong politicians, I know Tillerson and Kelly are not necessarily in that group, but they are ideologically or socially. They're in this particular group. They're not necessarily outside in, in some ways. Some ways, I guess, they are. In some ways, I, I would say that they're not. But anyway, they've, they've got this idea that says, hey, this guy, this guy in the White House, dangerous. You know, we're going to listen to him, but when it comes down to it, we're going to do what has to be done to, to save America from President Donald Trump. That, by by the way, that in and of itself is a breach of, you know, about constitutional protocol, folks. I mean, the executive branch, the head of the branch is the president of the United States. And whether Stephen Collinson wants to admit this, recognize this, what have you, the president of the United States is in charge, ultimately, of, of U.S. foreign policy. 
through his secretary of state or whoever, you know, whatever ambassadors and diplomats. But those are all part of the executive branch. These folks don't get to uh, determine that what the president is doing is something that doesn't need to be done. If they do, the president can and candidly should fire these folks. But when he fires them, CNN says things like, Trump ousted, ousted this poor, poor ambassador, Marie Ivanovich, who's worked for multiple administrations. She's capable of getting along with everybody. She's holding the world together by her, by her mere presence in Ukraine. Suddenly Trump comes along and all that's jeopardized. And now because Trump wants to handle things differently, it's presented as a rogue foreign policy scheme, a black op. A black op that's designed to push Trump's political goals. It, folks, that's what we. This is what we have elections for. This is why, when you're on the stage at the at Democrat debate, if you're one of the 73 people on the stage, that stage, by the way, is growing because we've got Deval Patrick now. Well, I don't know if he can get on the stage. Does he qualify? That I don't know. But Deval Patrick has thrown his metaphorical hat into the ring here, so he's up there with all the other folks, and they're going to be asked questions on foreign policy. And they should be asked questions on foreign policy because it matters. So, what, so really what this comes down to, there's one basic thing. If you take this seriously, which I mean, I don't in the sense that it comes from a serious place. This is another tactic employ. But let's put that aside for a moment as, as we talked earlier. I think on Wednesday we talked about this. There's two ways of dealing with this. One is saying that this has been Part and parcel what the Democrats and the media have been doing, what they've been wanting, what they've been salivating about since, you know, the day after Trump won the election, or at least until they, they dried their tears in November of 16. And there's been one thing after another. I mean, they're, they're truly overwhelming if you list them. Maybe we'll do that at some point on here, but not, not right now. But it's, it's overwhelming when you list all of these things. And now they've found what they believe to be their opportunity. Nancy Pelosi's over there all distraught, as we talked about yesterday. We played the soundbite. Oh, she's just a sad day. She's so sad. She just didn't see this day coming. She's tried. They've tried. Oh, they've tried. They've tried to prevent this from happening, right? That's, that's the picture that we're painting, that, that they've painted for us. That's what they want us to believe. Meanwhile, history and things that are readily available prove that they have been insatiably pursuing this since as soon as they dried their tears and the Play-Doh dried up. That's one way. The other way is to say, okay, that may be true, but we still got to deal with this and, and, and rebut this stuff and deal with this in a, in a way that pushes back the charges and allegations. And so when you get down to it, as I mentioned here, as we talked about this morning, Trump's in charge of foreign policy. Trump can do what Trump wants to do. Now, if Trump is doing things that are uh, abusing his power in the sense of what these allegations are really hinting at, which again, just, just think about the, the series of things that have to come from this. But the accusation ultimately is that Trump was using his, his authority to be the chief diplomat or whatever with, with Ukraine or through his channels to assert pressure to help him personally win the 2020 election. Because apparently, if Ukraine announces that there's a investigation into the Bidens, specifically Hunter Biden, 
the son of the president, for doing things, by the way, I think we should all know about. I think we should have an answer other than there's no hint of any illegalities there. Well, how about you tell us what you found instead of just telling us, trust us, nothing wrong was happening here. See, to me, when I see that there's a child, of course, he's an adult child, but a family member of a sitting U.S. president benefiting greatly while his father's president of the United States. And by the way, this is different than Trump. Trump's kids, they were successful before President Trump got into office. You know, today we have politicians, and I have people comment, write me about this. You have politicians who use the office for personal gain. That's the allegation against Trump ultimately, even though his net worth has decreased. You know that, right? His net worth has decreased, I think, I, from reports I've seen from something like $5 billion to $3 billion. That's a pretty significant hit. 40, what is that, 40%, 40% hit on his net worth. But they're telling you that he, he sought the office for wealth. His children became wealthy because of the office. This is, this is just not, it's just not the truth. In fact, they faced a lot of opposition, a lot of boycotts, a lot of anger, a lot of targeting because of this. Now, meanwhile, you contrast that, you contrast that with what happened to, say, the Obamas or the Clintons. They didn't have much, and I'm not criticizing, they didn't have much. Then they become president. Then, in the case of the Clintons, they stole some furniture out of the White House. And in the case of Obama's, they're able to buy a house at Martha's Vineyard, which again, I've got, I don't care. I have, it makes no difference to me where the Obamas live. It's just ironic to me that people who come in to be quote unquote public servants can walk out buying multi-million dollar homes. By the way, on the beach, which why would you buy that? Because we're going to be destroyed, as they tell us in the next 10 years or whatever. I guess the Obamas are looking at a short-term investment there, maybe going to sell that. They're going to have to sell that in the next couple of years if they want to get their money back because it's going to be underwater from what we're told. Point is, point is, this is what we're supposed to believe. We're supposed to believe that corruption in the White House and in politics started with this individual, this president. In fact, I've seen people interviewed. I read some, some quotes this morning of people being interviewed saying that they always trusted the government no matter if Democrats or Republicans were in the White House before, until President Trump. I personally think that we need to pay a lot more attention when everybody's pretending like there's nothing to be worried about. That's when bad things happen. Right now, bad things, as, as, far, as, the, as far as Trump accumulating too much power, there is way too much criticism for that ever to possibly happen. If you're a dictator, if you're a, if you're a totalitarian, you want the, uh, the type of media coverage that Barack Obama got. That's how you accumulate power. You do it quietly with the approval and the applause of those in the media class and so forth. Really quickly, I told you before the break that we were going to hit on these things. Oh, uh, Biden, Biden has promised that he, if he is president of the United States, if he's president of the United States, that he will withhold foreign aid if countries discriminate against LGBTQ people, right? I hope, I mean, this is, if Trump did this, if Trump did this, they of course would find a way to make this bad as well, even the LGBTQ community. And they'd probably say, does Biden's family have anybody who's 
anti-LGBTQ because that's intended to hurt his his, uh, chance at election. That's how this works. So we've got Biden out there saying that. We've got Elizabeth Warren, my cousin Liz. She's on record as saying that she would withhold U.S. aid from Israel if Israel doesn't uh, do what she wants. Right? So now she's going to uh, potentially hold USAID from that. That, that that's okay. That's that's not politically motivated. That's not a black op in foreign policy. On top of that, we've got three US Democrat senators that have threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine. Senator Bob Menendez, Democrat New Jersey, Senator Richard Durbin, Democrat from Illinois, Senator Patrick Leahy, Dem- uh, Democrat Vermont threatened to withhold U.S. military and foreign aid from Ukraine. I can post this on the Facebook page as well. That's probably what I'll do. But we're told that the only person that does this is President Donald Trump, and the only reason is so that he can steal the 2020 election from a guy that may not even be his opponent. A guy that may not even be his opponent. Anyway, got to take a time out. You are listening to the Home of Conservative not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So, this is, uh, <laughs> we, we are again, we are nowhere near, we are nowhere near the I guess the fevered pitch of where this is going to end up. We're still at the beginning phases of this. This is just scratching the surface with where we're going to end up with impeachment, with what they say next. But the truth is this: that politics, of course, impacts foreign policy. That's what voters choose. Now, I'm taking the personal help my election allegation and putting it in another bucket because they want you to to confuse and conflate all of these things. This is the strategy. This is what they want you uh, they want us. They want us to to look at it through the lens of you know, well yeah, the president this is he shouldn't be making foreign policy political. They want you to think political in terms of winning re-election. But foreign policy is of course political. Don't let them get away with shifting the goalposts here. Don't ignore the fact that they engage in this all the time. All the time. These are the most politically motivated people I know. These are the most political people that you'll encounter in your day-to-day life. These are the people that if they see you wearing a shirt with a brand on it that they don't admire because they're not, I don't know, using enough sustainable products or They're not paying their workers what they determine to be a living wage or whatever. These are the ones that will confront you in the workplace. These are the ones that will protest in front of your house, throw stuff through your windows. I'm talking about the radical extremists now. The radical extremists, which is who's, by the way, taking control of leadership in the Democrat Party. It's unfortunate. It's truly unfortunate. We see examples of of politics affecting foreign policy that has happened, foreign policy that is promised from current candidates, foreign policy that senators are trying to step in and take control of. It's not even their responsibility unless it's in the form of a treaty. 
We have John Kerry. Think about this. John Kerry. John Kerry trying to salvage the Iran deal. He doesn't even represent the U.S. government any longer, right? He's not a representative, but he's over there, he has been in the past, negotiating, trying to save this. Probably still is for all we know, right? He's not the representative. You talk about a violation, a violation of, of law, there you go. This is, not, this is not the way that it's supposed to be. You're not supposed to be negotiating with, talking with foreign government leaders in this, in this capacity unless you're a representative of the president's administration, the current one, not a former one, not whatever fits your agenda and so forth. But this is the kind of stuff we have. No problem with any of this. The left, the media, no problem with any of this. No problem with the North Korean nuke deal that Bill Clinton put in place. No problem with the Iranian deal that Obama brokered, probably with his pen and cell phone. No problem with Biden promising to cut aid to countries that don't handle the LGBT community the way that he thinks that they should. No problem with Elizabeth Warren promising to withdraw aid, my cousin Liz, from foreign countries or from, excuse me, from Israel if they don't toe the line with what she wants to do. No problems with Menendez, Durbin, Leahy wanting to withdraw uh, funds, aid from Ukraine. None of that's problematic. What's problematic is Donald Trump. And as CNN's Jeff Zucker says, impeachment is the story. That's all he wants to talk about. That's all they're going to tell you. And so everything is viewed through the lens of impeachment. And it does not matter what happens next. It'll be proof. It'll be proof that President Trump needs to be impeached in the eyes of the radical left. Got to take a time out. When we get back, I want to share a brief conversation I had uh, with someone as we're uh, launching and preparing to start hour two of our program. I'll do that when we return. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So I want to shift gears here just a bit as we wrap up today's show. For those of you who've been in our audience for some time, you know that we have been planning to expand to a second hour for some time, and we are now um, moving towards doing that. And so as a way to help us to get there, because there's some work we've got to do here behind the scenes, keep in mind we started here as a podcaster in a bedroom closet back in 2015. So Four years later, we're now, <clears throat> excuse me, going to be expanding uh, to a second hour. So there's just some work to do. Is my point. Some some things we've got to do here uh, to prepare for the uh, additional time and growth and that sort of thing. So we have a campaign to kickstart hour number two. Campaign to kickstart hour number two, and that uh, we we give opportunities for both our advertisers and for you, our listeners, to participate in that. And we're giving uh, deeply discounted memberships to the conservative, not bitter party which you can uh, choose to become a member. And there's all sorts of different levels that you can select from. ToddHuffShow.com slash kickstart. And you get bonus content and things, uh, different packages offer different different things. We don't ask for charity. These are we're, we're selling memberships to get exclusive bonus content and some other things by being a member. So in addition to that, we're also having... Um, 
advertisers have have helped us as well. Um, And to date, with your help and with the help of advertisers, we've raised over $25,000 in this campaign, and I want to thank you for that. So I also want to share with you who these new advertisers are. So with no further ado, I want to share this conversation with one of our newer advertisers, Bruce Raymond of uh, Raymond's Auto and Truck Repair. Hope you enjoy. In the process of kickstarting hour number two for our program as we've been growing and expanding and part of this campaign this effort to kickstart hour two has involved uh, bringing on some new advertisers as the program grows and one of those new advertisers is raymond's auto and truck repair and i'm speaking with bruce raymond the owner of raymond's auto and truck repair bruce thanks for joining us how are you sir Oh great! Thanks for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for advertising with us, and uh, you know, just being a part of what we're doing here. It's it's great to have new folks on. What what was it that I guess drew you to this? Um, what what made you decide to participate in this campaign and uh, advertise on our program? Well, we're pretty conservative ourselves, and we like the we like the show. Show's great. And the uh, the, the no bitterness part is not kind of nice too in politics these days. <laughs> It is, yeah. We uh, we definitely try to stick with that. In fact, I've been told by listeners that even drinking out of our conservative, not bitter coffee cups makes the coffee even a tad bit less bitter, which seems crazy, Bruce. But that's uh, I'm just reporting what they tell me. So I I understand. So so tell us a little bit about what you what you do there at Raymond's Auto and Truck Repair. Now we started in 1995 in Plainfield, and uh, we're. Um, just a general auto and truck repair service. We do anything from your everyday driving from your car, your light pickup, clear up to Class 8 semis and deliver trucks, do a lot of fleet repair. And you've, I mean, I've, I've been to the facility. That's something that I, I try to tell folks. I think sometimes they don't believe me. I mean, but but you and I have sat down and had many conversations. I've I've seen your facilities. They're uh, they're very nice, and you guys are doing uh, some good work there. And maybe tell folks where you're 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 located. And you got a great location too. Sure, we're we're right on Main Street in Plainfield, right between the Chrysler dealer and and the Ford dealer, right on uh, West 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 Main Street in Plainfield. But um, yeah, it's a great location, big facility. You know, yeah, about yeah. eighteen eighteen service bays. So much larger than a lot of shops, but we do we do all a vast variety of vehicles. Yeah, I've I've seen different lots of different types of vehicles. Even the times I've I've been there. So you um, you're, you're close to Indy. I mean, that's not a far drive. You take 40, 40 west. There's a lot of people in our listening area that could that could potentially uh, consider bringing their vehicles to you for for repair. So you're you're a car guy. You're not just a guy that has a a shop. I mean, you're a guy that I mean, you do other things with cars, including some some racing. Maybe tell some folks about that. We do. I I've road raced for about twenty years. Um, everything from club racing at local Putnam Park Road Course and just a local tracks around all the way up to we just won a national championship in the SBRA Vintage uh, Series just this last month, and that's that's part of the the vintage race that comes to Indianapolis once a year. So we do that, and um, we just got invited to go to uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, to do an exhibition race. So we're getting geared up to do that next week. 
Yeah, and that's that's really of interest to me. You and I have talked several times about that. So this is, I guess, maybe elaborate on that because you're literally going. I mean, you've had your a car on a ship going across the the ocean up the Red Sea, and it's in. I think it's in Saudi now. I don't even really know. You're you're going to get on a plane or a couple of planes or whatever, and you're going to end up being in Riyadh here. I guess. This is a big deal. The first time that they've done something like this, the new prince is trying to open it up to uh, some more, I guess, Western involvement, I don't know, tourism or things of this nature. So you're kind of on the cutting edge of this. What's what's that all uh, been like? It's been, it's been kind of exciting. It's, um, it's great. You know, we were selected to go. They only took, uh, we're sponsored by Optima Batteries, and they only took 20 cars from across the country to do this exhibition. But it is, the Prince of Saudi Arabia is doing what, what they termed the 2030 initiative. And by 2030, they're trying to open up tourism and bring a lot more Western influence into the country of Saudi. But right now, you know, it's, it's probably the most conservative city in the, in the world. So it's going to be interesting for us to see. It's interesting for them, too, because neither one of us know what to expect. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So that's going to be something I'm going to want to hear hear about when you get back. So you go, uh, what, be right around the Thanksgiving holiday, right? Is that is that when you're headed out? Yeah, we, we had actually Monday, the 18th. We were heading out, and we'll come back the 27th, which is hopefully the day right before Thanksgiving. So hopefully, hopefully you know, the, the flights and stuff will... I'll match up and we'll actually get back for Thanksgiving, but so well, good. exciting. Oh yeah, that's that's an amazing experience. It's, I mean, just to be able to be involved in something of that scale, that magnitude, and uh, just just an amazing experience. So I'm glad you get to uh, you get to do that. So if someone is listening in the audience right now and they're they've been thinking about uh, advertising with the program, what what might you say to them? I would do it. I tell you, I've looked at, you know, we've been in business 25 years, so obviously we've tried a lot of different things. But um, the conservative talk radio is is where we pretty much fit in our philosophy of business, and I think it's just a good platform. Well, I appreciate that. And for any listeners out there who are looking for a place to have their uh, vehicles or trucks repaired, please uh, be sure to keep Bruce and his team at Raymond's Auto and Truck Repair in mind. Bruce, it's great having you. Thank you for advertising and uh, appreciate it very much. Well, thank you. We're looking forward to it. That's Bruce Raymond, owner of Raymond's Auto and Truck Repair in Plainfield, which is just west of Indy on, on uh, US 40. US 40 there. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. And just uh, listening to that conversation I had with Bruce of Raymond's um, auto and truck repair yesterday, that I'm just I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the advertisers that have helped us. I'm grateful for you, the listener. I'm grateful for the station, Freedom 95, KYAH in Utah for allowing us to to be on the airwaves and for the opportunity opportunity to grow. I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes here, a lot of things that um, 
you know, one day I'll elaborate upon, but this is uh, quite an experience. Uh, we've been blessed tremendously. Uh, this is, uh, well, there's a lot of things I want to say. I just, I, not at a point where I can say some of this, but I'm grateful. That's what I, I hope that you uh, know and understand that I'm, we're, we're grateful for you. And for those that have decided to become members of the conservative not bitter party thank you for that as well by the way you can you can still do that by going to toddhavshow.com slash kickstart get a discounted membership to our party even become a card carrying member in fact if you're looking on the facebook cam right now you'll see one of our membership cards membership card proof proof that you're conservative not bitter Uh, you can get one of those with certain packages and i'm grateful but you can also uh, text the word kickstart to 888-111, and you'll get some information if you'd rather do it by by text as well. They'll send you, I think it automatically sends you the the link to the campaign, and you can decide for yourself which uh, which membership to, to take. But I, I enjoy bringing advertisers on here. We're going to do this. There's some others that we're going to have uh, throughout this campaign. The campaign goes through December 5th. Again, your generosity, uh, your advertising, and your uh Desire to be a member of a conservative, not bitter party has helped us raise twenty five thousand dollars here in just the past the past few weeks. So I am uh, very grateful for that. Also grateful for what our current advertisers do. One of those being Scott Smith Realty Group. Scott and his team are actually hosting, or I wouldn't say hosting. They're actually doing a uh, running a campaign right now where they are working in partnership with the Children's Bureau of Indianapolis. Children's Bureau of Indianapolis. They're collecting gently used luggage, duffel bags, suitcases. You can optionally fill those with small toys, coloring supplies, toiletries, clothes, shoes for kids. It's a great time to do this. I know you're probably involved in a lot of things, but if you've got something that fits this and you can help out Scott and his team, that would mean a lot to me and and to Scott as well. Um, You can take those to their location, Scott Smith, Scott Smith and his team at 1644 Fry Road, Scott Smith Realty Group, 1644 Fry Road, Greenwood, Indiana, on the south side, uh, Keller Williams agent there. So appreciate that, folks. Appreciate you supporting the program. Grateful for you, as always. There's the music telling me it's time to shut up for the day. I appreciate it, guys, very much. Have a great weekend. SDG. See you Monday. Take care.